and why I say that is because um, I don't always agree with all of the curriculum that I feel like they have to learn. Okay. Um, of course, like, you know, the basics, but it's a lot of stuff that I feel like we can cut out or some things that we should add, like financial literacy, okay. a lot of different um, things like that. But um, no, not really. I haven't had any um, anything that conflicted on the professional side, but I have had conflicts with teachers on the way that we may teach things or uh, conflicts with my kids' teachers okay. on the way that they do things. And I try not to step on their toes, like, but, you know, but if I feel like, I always feel like a parent is their child's biggest education advocate. Right. If you advocate for your child, then your child is going to get what they need. So um, I've had conflicted views on, like, um, I've had issues with the way that their teacher tracks things. Like I don't feel like I don't feel like he was tracking her mastery of skills or mm-hmm. any of their mastery of skills for that point. So I, I've had conflicted views as a parent with an, another educator, but not as, not so much um, with my own. Okay. Because as a mother and a teacher, I feel like um, I always keep the child's best interest at heart. So. Like if, if I'm teaching something, my first goal is how do I reach them okay. as children, okay. you know, and, and, you know, nurturing, get to them just as, as you, as a parent, I try to figure out how to reach my children. And that, that was like the next part. You, you kind of answered like part of the next two questions. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know, like, do you feel like motherhood has an impact on the way you teach and interact with your students? Yeah, I definitely think that, um, motherhood has an impact on that, or being a parent has an impact on okay. being a teacher. Um, but there are uh, teachers who don't have children, they just have nurturing souls, or right. spirits, which means they will make great parents. Um, and there are teachers who don't understand things, and, I, and we have we have debates all the time, like, be, and I think a lot of times I have to sum it up, so you don't have your own children, mm-hmm. so it's hard for them to relate to children or build relationships with relationships with children because they don't have their own exactly um, but there are a lot of there are a lot of teachers without children who who are nurturers at heart and they they do an awesome job at nurturing children um but yeah i definitely think um a lot of me being a parent has a lot to do with uh teaching on both sides sometimes you look at a child and like yeah nope that won't be my kid <laughs> like, oh, I hope my child i hope them actually just like this kid, like, so you have those moments, and then you have those moments, you'll be like, I would be turning in my grave. Yes. Like oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, I definitely think it has an impact on, on both sides. And sometimes I find myself being a mom, like, oh, who are you talking to? Right. Who are you talking to? And it's so funny because, you know, the, like the grown-up black means I teach primarily black children, right. so they can relate, and that honestly brings us a lot closer when it's like, Something like my mom says that I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know, or like when you're having a conversation with the parent, it's a lot of things you can relate to because you share that same cultural background. So, yeah. so I think, um, I think it's dope because I've had a conversation with her before, um, just through messages about like my personal preference with uh, Hunter's teacher, which I cannot wait until the school year is over, y'all. Um, kindergarten. I'm telling you. So I thought going into kindergarten, I was going to be like, oh my gosh, I love, like, I just watch different people, kids grow up on Facebook and Instagram. You know, we like social media, aunties and uncles. And so I watch it and I'm like, I can't wait for my kid to get to kindergarten. And it's just not even, I'm like, 
But let me help let me follow you. You come from Tasha. I know. It's, I was spoiled. I was spoiled. Like, Tasha is like the number one nurturer. So as a kindergarten mom, and I remember that as denim, first of all, kindergarten moms as teachers, shout out to kindergarten teachers because their moms have not you have to detach and a lot of times it's hard to detach like you you know you're trusting your child into the school exactly now it's not like he's at home with which you know you know you know closely so it's a lot of times hard for kindergarten moms to detach there's a meme that goes around that says like first day of kindergarten all the parents are lined up looking in the window and like first for me first uh first time moms that have school students make just pulled off really quickly like it is um it's a lot of anxiety that comes with being a kindergarten and the first year. Anxiety, elementary mom, like it's you don't know these people, you don't know the system, you don't know anything. But again, you still are your child's biggest education advocate. So I mean, if you gotta look in the window until you get tired, look in the window until you get tired. You gotta turn your bus, turn your bus. But I think that um, communication is very important, and for, that's what we're like. Yeah, it's very, it's very important for sixth grade moms, and and it's. So weird because I teach at every school that I teach at, the students are new to the school. So okay. when I started teaching, I taught ninth grade. So I mean, I, for every parent, you're in that next step. If your child going to high school, that ninth grade year is going to be the year where you're kind of mm-hmm. like on edge because mm-hmm. it's like it's a new environment. We all have to get accustomed to it. I felt like that with them. Um, so I always have been an open book because I know that this transition is new for you, it's new for them, and it's only important that we all communicate, right? And then the same thing with sixth grade. Sixth graders are just coming into middle school, so it's a new environment. Parents are the same way, they're on edge. The same thing with kindergarten, they're going into a new environment, you're on edge, it's new. So um those first year or those I call it the the foundations right of the school as a teacher is important to have communication. Period. And I, like I said, I'm an open book. My, my my student parents have my personal number. We text, we talk. I send pictures. Hey, your child is doing a handstand in the hallway. Right. Whatever. Like I'm very, very much open. They know it's the same way. Hey, um, one of my students broke his leg. Hey, he broke his leg. What can he do? What can he work on? I send her work. I send her, you know, email or work. Exactly. Whatever. We have that open book. You know, line of communication, and it's important for me. To have that, especially because um, the only way the child's gonna be successful is we're on the same page. Exactly. They know they can play us against each other, and that's my thing. I'm like, okay, what did he do to get a two today? And John will pick him up because John picks Hunter up when because I work and I do jacks most of the mm-hmm. time. So I'm just like, well, what did he do? And John's like, Miss Susan ain't saying nothing. Like she just said it wasn't such a good day. And now we'll message her and say. What happened today? Right. So and that's right. That's we need to have a discussion with Hunter so that he knows this was wrong and we know that you did this. Mm-hmm. And so we we need him to know that we're aware and to get on him so he doesn't do it again. But I feel like she's just like one of those teachers that I know my kid and I know that he listens to certain people and then some people he knows that he can't kind of run over them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, what did he do? And she like, if her assistant is in there, the kids are running all over the place. It's been times where I picked up Hunter and the assistant's not there, and I have to, like, tell her, I'm here. Like, but kids are running all over the place, so anybody can snatch on my kid, which also gives me anxiety, because you're outside the school, and people are just getting kids. You don't even know if there's a parent or anything, because you're not paying attention. And so, has she watched the principal's attention? I haven't. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Don't be this. 
Let me tell you something. Teachers, how can I put this? I don't want to say the moms you hate, but the moms who advocate for their kids mm-hmm. are always going to be the doctor list. Okay. And what I mean by that is as a teacher, those moms who I can send a text message to and I know I'm going to get a message back or I can call mm-hmm. and say, or I don't even have to call. I'm like, let me, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. Let me talk. No, no, no. Right. Hey, I know that there's a line of communication at home. Those are the students who, as teachers, I pour, you pour into. Not that I don't pour into all of the students, right. but when you have that line of communication and when you have that, um, you know, that, a difference. that teamwork between home and school, then that teamwork, it pours into the students. The ones who don't care, the parents who say stuff like, all right, I don't care what he's doing, that's your job, call, um, mm-hmm. you deal with it, right. then that child, I can almost, that is... Either you, it, for me, I use usually use reverse psychology. So with those type of kids, I always pull them one on one because that shows me that you're not doing what you need at home. So I pull one on one and build personal, like closer relationships okay. with to try to get them to do what they're supposed to do in class. Very, it's, it's a psychological thing. So I'm doing this because I know she cares. Right. Um. But those kids usually are the ones that like behavior issues and stuff when their mother don't don't care, don't discipline, mm-hmm. don't. Don't care. Think that um, when the child's at school, that's the teacher's job, and when they're at home, that then that that's when I would deal with them. If they get in trouble at home, they get in trouble at home. Right. If they get in trouble at school, they get in trouble at school. So kid gets suspended left and right. You really don't care. Those are the students that they get left behind because they don't have that structure. And structure is important to children. So. Exactly. Yeah, I think that you should definitely, like I said, your kids advocate. So I would definitely sit down and say, Hey, listen, I do not feel safe. Right. That I'm here. I feel, you know, there's a lack of classroom management. Is there any solution to this? Right. Or, you know, like, maybe you guys need to look into her needing more help. Like, what's going on? Because as a parent, that he can run off and and then what? Exactly. So, yeah, definitely I would bring that to the, and also just the fact that I'm reaching out to you, trying to communicate with you, and I'm not getting anything exactly. in return, that needs to be taken up with her boss so that her boss can bring that to her attention and then she can do a better job at communicating with you okay because that's that's important communication is important i'm like y'all i was trying to be a snitch i'm not trying to do this not his job you know i'll give you an example denim so denim's a montessori school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i love i love montessori school from kindergarten well she went at four so pre-k four through kindergarten and she went into first grade and montessori school moves in like planes so they're pre-K three to kindergarten and one class. Okay. And then they have first grade to third grade in one class. And then fourth grade to, I think, sixth grade. That's how they break out their elementary planes. Okay. So, um, so when she got to K-4, I remember it being a struggle year. And that was a struggle year because we had to learn things the Montessori way. She was more traditional. She had Sasha. She was more traditional. But she was, like, ahead of the game. When it came to reading, writing, numbers, she was ahead of the game when it came to those things, but she just had to learn how to operate in a Montessori um, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And so that first year was kind of rocky. And then um, I started to see how she was researching and she was um, committing um, knowledge to like long term, her long term memory. So I said, oh, cool, I love it. Cool, we're going to keep going. And then um, go on to kindergarten. Kindergarten it was an amazing year. Then she went to first grade, and it felt the same way. Like it was rock. But I'm like, okay, we're in this new plane. Mm-hmm. She has to adjust to this new, you know, doing things the first grade way. So last year I was very lenient on teaching, like nothing major, you know, 
Um, then she went from above grade level to when she tested at the end of first grade, she was on grade level. I'm like, okay, not going to trip, you know. Okay, whatever, you know, it was the first year. Let's see how things go on. So um, second grade, which we're in now, when I sit down to have a conversation with her teacher at like, conference, it's like, he hasn't had any answers. Like, oh, Dylan, oh, let me see. Oh, Dylan's a great child. Uh, she's not defiant. You know, she she works. She does this. She does that. And I'm like, okay, but her school is not showing me that. Like, we're we're exactly. now exactly we're now just on grade level for second grade. And I'm not saying that my child has to be this Einstein, mm-hmm. but I'm just I don't feel like she's challenged. So what are the lessons? He's like, yeah, I'm starting to see that. She's like a fly into the radar child. And I'm thinking, yeah, I know. Because then it, she's a fly into the radar child mm-hmm. at home. So know your students. Like, I know my students. So that's my biggest issue. Type, yeah, then I'm type two. If I say, um, get all the shoes by the door and take them upstairs. Mm-hmm. If I'm not specific, like, get all the shoes by the door, take them upstairs, put them in their places. She will get all the shoes by the door and just take them, them upstairs. upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you need to do, you know, do things full out. If she can get away with that, mm-hmm. she's going to get away with it. She's exactly. going to do what you said. She's yeah. not a behavior. She's not going to, she's not going to be disrespectful, but she's a fly under the radar. So in Montessori, they give lessons. So say she get a lesson on multiplication. Mm-hmm. And then the next day you come in, you get to pick what you want to work on, reading, writing, what, what, what have you, whatever you want to work on. Mm-hmm. They would like the child to say, okay, I'm going to work on this multiplication I learned. My child is going to say, okay, I'm going to work on reading. I'm probably going to read a book that she's been reading since she was four. Yeah. But she's going to do it quietly. She's going to look like she's working real, real hard. And as a teacher, it's easy for me to be like, okay, she's fine. Let me work with somebody who's having a discipline issue mm-hmm. with somebody else, a, a fly under the radar kid. So I, I, I asked him if you're set, like he told me he has to constantly reteach. He finds himself in like three weeks reteaching her or something that he taught her three weeks ago. And I'm like, okay, so how are you tracking? Because she's at the age now, second grade, your math problems, you have to practice them to mm-hmm. get good at them. Reading is not just um, the, to ask, tell me what the story is about. It's how can you make inferences? What did this word mean? It gets more complex. So when the skills get more complex, it takes more practice. So how are you tracking, you know, how she's practicing this? And exactly. he was like, um... That's a good question. I, I'm like, wait, <laughs> so you're not tracking any of nobody's mastery of skills. You just kind of let them do it and then you test them on it later on. Like they never yeah, come in and pick. So they never come in and pick what you just taught them. Right. Knowing that, knowing as a full adult that I would know addition unless I practice it. Exactly. Like, and he was like, oh well, you know, Montessori way. So I literally was like, we could cut this, and we won't need to bring the principal in. Like we, me and Dante sat down. With principal i had a conversation about how her test scores are looking mm-hmm. you know his, his he does not have um a tracking system and i didn't word it like i didn't want to say you're not doing your job right, right, right. so i said more so like uh your teaching style is mm-hmm. not conducive to her learning style so we had like this whole thing and they were like okay we're going to do a work plan which means that she can pick from four things okay like giving which i feel like so every to me every child needs a work plan like when you get to a certain age like that, like it's it should reading Pink Pig or something you read at four should never be an option. Like exactly. for what? Like it should never be an option. So um I think that I mean so now denim has to be on a four, like, okay, if these are the four lessons he taught within the last two to three weeks, these are the things that you can pick from to practice. And now where I'm starting to see her move forward, um, and you know, progress more. So it's like at this point for me, I think 
that I don't really like the world of story elementary stage. Okay. I'm like, okay, I feel like we need more structure. So okay. I think next year she's going to be in like traditional school okay. settings where I can look at the curriculum. I can look at these things. Also, they don't have homework. They don't have grades. So it's a lot. I think me becoming a teacher has opened my eyes more okay. to that than, um, than before when I was just a mom. And I just wanted to do something different because I'm like, I mean, I, I came from traditional school. Mm-hmm. Maybe Montessori is something great. And I said it's not. But for my kid who needs structure and she can find a great nope, you need to get somebody's classroom where she said, this is what we're doing. Exactly. And I can come home and say, okay, this is what we're doing. Okay. okay. That's important to marry that school world with that home world. So, so yeah, I just want to Montessori school next year, but she'll be going to okay. Yeah. So, that brings me to the mom-teacher balance. How do you be- how do you balance being a parent in the parent-teacher scenario? You kind of told us somewhat about that, such as attending your child's school events, meetings, committees, like PTAs or anything like that, or even being in a parent-teacher conference as both a parent and an educator. Mm-hmm. So you kind of touched on yeah. that. You were like, listen. And I try not to step on it. <laughs> I really do. As a teacher, it is kind of hard because you're speaking my language. Mm-hmm. So we do this, you know? And um, as a teacher, sometimes it's hard for me to not speak in teacher terms right. when it comes to um, my child. But at the end of the day, like I said, um, I'm there. I'm attending all parent-teacher conferences. Um I'm, I'm, I was, oh gosh, I was headed to the social committee last year. I would never sign up for that job again on top of everything else that happens. But, um, we have another monetary parent watching. Any other events we had, I mean, they had that. Yeah, I'm there. So I, I kind of balance that. But again, it's hard as a teacher sometimes not to critique another teacher's learning style. Okay. Um, and, and I have, I have, so let's flip that. I have a student whose mom is a teacher. Okay. And her, his mom teaches, and we both teach in DCPS, but she's an elementary school teacher. And we talk all the time, but what you'll find is, as a, as a mother and as educator, you want to know, if ain't nobody else on top of that child, I am. Mm-hmm. So she, it's the same thing. Um, and that's the home homework assignment. Usually, like, she's like, this was an excellent lesson, or we'll, te- we'll be texting about classroom right. and things like that. Um, usually, usually that balance is it's, it's good it's because it's your world. It's right. your world. Like, that's my world. Um, so, yeah, I try to step on teachers' teaching styles. <laughs> but it's a very important. Like, I know when I go to, when I take her to um, this traditional school, I'm probably going to get on their nerves. I'm probably going to get on the principal's nerves because I, I want my my cousin, who also is educational, I'm tripping. I'm like, I want to get the teachers to see which ones would mesh well with dinner. She's like, you're not doing that. Do, do people can you come in? You know, I'm open to it. Come interview me and tell me if you think that I would be a great fit for your child. I'm here for it. She's like, nobody's doing that. You're not putting anybody in that light. So sometimes I do go overboard as a mom and as a mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to quit my job and go homeschool because I can't oh do it. Oh, my gosh. It, it really does get sad. So you just literally mentioned two of my questions <laughs> because, listen, y'all, I was like, I can't, I can't like, go all these questions because I had like a personal agenda y'all so <laughs> don't mind me but both you just mentioned both of them do you feel like you are too demanding on your children developmentally because you are a teacher and then the second one was have you ever considered being a stay-at-home mom and homeschooler um <laughs> first one with denim so okay 
Kit, now we got to get into the, the theory of education. <laughs> Kids are at different stages developmentally, right? So let's, let's, okay, let me, this is one study, right? And the study is like, it studies different kids' development stages. And it said that kids from the age of any kid under seven, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like stages. So under seven, they're like seven to 11, and then like 11 and up. Okay. And they did this test, and the test was, like, um, if you're holding your phone up, right? If you're holding, I'm holding my phone and you're my two-year-old. And okay. I tried it on Denim and Dash and thought it was awesome. <laughs> uh, if I'm holding my phone up and I, and I show you the phone and I say, what, you know, a picture on the phone and I say, well, Dash, what do you see? And I'm uh-huh. like this, like, what do you see? And he'll be like, oh, I see a light, a forest, a grass. He'll describe whatever the picture is. Okay. And then I'll say, okay, well, what does mommy see? And he'll be like, a light, the pictures. Uh-huh. And all of that. So then I took the phone and I went to Denim. I said, Denim, what you see? And she's like, a light, the, you know, a, whatever was in the picture, a light, a, a picture, grass, whatever. And I'm like, okay, what does mommy see? And she's like, the back of your phone, because you can't see what I see. So, okay. like, just kids <laughs> develop differently. And then it's like the third, the third stage was ask a child if they had a third eye, where would they put it? Mm-hmm. And like a, a, a two year old would find it funny. A third eye, whatever, <laughs> and then then on stage, probably like, oh, I'm gonna put it on my forehead because that's usually where people think a third eye go. And somebody over 11 would be like, oh, I put it in the back of my head so I could see where you know direction is, or I put it on my hand so I can see around the corner before actually using it for useful things right. in the world. So children are at different stages developmentally, mm-hmm. and I just take heed to that. So I would say um, I try to stay. <laughs> In their developmental range. So, okay. like, Dash, I don't expect him to be able to do, he's two, I don't expect him to be able to do what the eight-year-old does, although she found it unfair when she says, I have to do chores, and mm-hmm. he doesn't. And it's like, he can't. Like, uh, that's me doing extra exactly. Like, he can't. So, I would say that, but I would also say as a second-time mother, mm-hmm. I think I'm just more lax or lenient than I was, like, because as a first-time mom, everything's new. We're kind of doing this together. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, people, kids are walking at exactly. 11 months. Why is my child not walking? And it's like, oh, do I need to take her to a doctor? Do I need to do this? Or just with the first child, like a child in a few weeks, I'm going to the doctor. And they're like, yeah, yes. try to rotate medicine. And yeah. you're like, uh, no. And they're like, okay, well, let's try this. It's just a fever. So, um, so, like, with that first child, I think that everyone is more hard because you're walking that. Definitely feel like I'm pretty sure I probably won't be like this when Dash is in third grade. But I just feel like you get into that. I know that a lot of kids get left behind right at this stage at third grade. So I'm very, very like, oh, we gonna make sure we're going, we're going, we're going. Yes, y'all. I have so many kids who may not read on sixth grade level and I'm not gonna fall in that third grade plane. So it's like, um, with denim, I would say I'm probably harder on her when it comes to development developing then I am with Dash. Like I was like, oh no, you won't use the bathroom, don't use the bathroom for 18 months. Dash, I'm like, you're not supposed to be free. Like, come on, talk about no. like, you to do something like this is the real life. You're, you're you know, you I know that he's not developmentally developmentally behind. Like I honestly kind of let his light shine. Like when he learns and things, I'm like, oh how do you know that? Like yeah. like it shows me like Honestly, at that age, if they're they're a sponge, so like he picks up, he knows his colors, he knows. Oh, I can teach you that, but I'm just kind of watching like how they develop. So I'm a little more lax than 
kept, I'm pretty sure Dominic was doing colors and styling when she was at Sasha at 18 months. So it's just like a different, like that has not been his full straight. He's on a straight. Then I went to school at 18 months, and I do see the difference in their social personalities. Like okay. she's very a dot connectors. I can walk her in the school, and she's not required. She's gonna go and she's gonna do. Dash, I already know some the kid who's holding my leg. Like I want to leave. He doesn't even play with kids at the playground. Like he's very anti. He's used to playing by himself. That's so. both my kids, though. Um, Hunter's getting better with it, but it still drives me nuts because he's still not socially there. And and when he does, he's not like, mental. That's a personality. Like right, that's a personality. So like he's not there, but then if he meets somebody, he gets so attached to them that borderline becomes irritating. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't want my kid to be the irritating kid. I'm like, why? You gotta leave him be. And he just be like, hey, come here, come on, come back here. I'm like, Hunter, chill. Like, don't be that kid. No, but that's his personality. I know. He let him be great. He will figure. He will figure out his balance. And there are kids who don't know boundaries, and that's and they learn them. Trust me, even if it's the hard way, with a kid telling him back up, then Hunter's gonna be like, "Oh, let me chill." But he he has to learn it. He'll learn it his way. You want that kid, and not the kid who is the crazy and, kid. No, that's that. Jack's just well, no, no, he's not being involved. But Jack's is mean, and he's just like shady. He actually smiled there. It's a dog, but she, I always call her like his fairy godmother because she's like legit. Be on Jack's from social media and everything, but but they he have little personalized hospital thing. Yeah, she bought that. Yeah, he is going. They're going to be their own. Every kid's their own person. But like I said, Denim is very Denim is very much like Hunter. Like she'll chase the person around. Like oh, let me go. I'm like you have, it's an invasion. Like, like, they're, like, they're on the porch. Oh, let me see you. No, nobody. You're not going to nobody's house. Like get over here. Like she's always, but she's always been that person. I remember my grandmother. Her neighbor, and then it was like, "How do you see your house? What's your bathroom look like?" So that I just think that they're just they—they have their own personality. They're not going to be great. So they're not. But Dash is very anti-social. Like he don't even want to. I'm like, say hi. He's like, hi. Like I don't want to say hi. Like I don't want. To do anything like when I threw him a birthday party, he was looking like, "Why are all these people, people here? here?" Like I threw him a, a birthday party at the house, and I'm like, "Look, it's a party!" And he was like, "Can I go watch Dog Baby?" Like I'm like, "It's a whole party. You want to go upstairs and watch a movie in your room?" Like he's just very. What I learned about him is he's not the party type of guy. You know, he acts on him. He's not. He's not party. I'm not even going to set him up because he's gonna look at all these people like, "Why they're here?" Yeah. He's yeah. more so. Uh, uh, an adventure kid. Let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. Let's go to right. Like he don't play. He doesn't want to play with anybody. But he'll play. play. But just that's not my So I'm I'm very interested in seeing his transition into school. This is this is good. I'm actually nervous, y'all. I'm already having anxiety for for August because <laughs> uh, Jax will be going to Tasha, which is amazing. But, but she wants to make him so. I'm so like, I'm trying to relax myself because Hunter is so advanced to me. He was so advanced before he went to school. Like, exactly. I'm going to shock you with his advice. I watched my little, I, that's that's what I'm, I'm seeing because now Jackson is starting to say words. Like, my mom's like, oh, he take guitar. He said this. And I'm like, oh, and he legit memorizes word party songs. Yeah. Sesame Street. He knows, like, things no. from there. But I'm just like, 
Okay, so that's my trouble. That's my goal for this year to stop preparing my kids at their They're just having a different thing. But yeah, about the homeschooling thing, have you ever thought about it? Yeah, but then that means that my whole paycheck's not coming out. So yep, that's true. One income. Facts. Three children. So if I hit the lottery, I want all of our children. But um, no. If I, if I, and I know I can't say that because I don't think that I'll be able to. Because I don't draw the line with passion. I'll give you an example. Denim can write and drives me up a wall. <laughs> and I'm an English teacher, so you know I make a right, right, no, right kids. Write a paragraph. Write this. Write a grocery list. I make her write all this stuff, and I'm in a cringe. So I know for me, I say, okay. I what I don't like is when because I think that learning kids get trauma. Okay, because like they don't want to feel stupid. They they a lot of times parents don't really help. You know the black me don't help with homework. Johnny yes. has three apples. I'm going to beat you if you don't tell me. So I don't want to be that parent. So I have to learn to check out. So if I if I check out, I'm like, don't say homework, please. I am not the homework parent. Or or I'm like, let me look for some type of. They're out here, handwriting clubs, uh, Sylvan Learning Center, just so she can practice these skills. But if I feel like I don't have the patience, I mean, so I better because she took forever to turn her letters around, like those backwards letters. And that's, now listen, that is normal. But I'm like, you was going to third grade. I know I wouldn't write my letters back in the third grade. Like, so I have been like very like, okay, let me check out. Let me find, let me make this fun somehow, some type of camp, some type of something right. to different so that it doesn't feel traumatic because I want her to naturally that's one thing that Montessori does instill in them is the natural, natural feel to learn. Okay. I want to keep that. I don't want it to feel like traumatic. I don't want my kid on antidepressants. Like you know, I'm not gonna be that yeah, yeah. that South Korea mom. That's you know, right. South Korea has like the highest death toll because all they do is education. Like I don't want to be that mom where I'm like, okay, you need to do that. So I can't say that I would be able to homeschool her. On that, on second note, by the time it gets to algebra and geometry, she's gonna need help. Like I can't sit at home yeah. and do that. Like not the math mm-hmm. parent either. Correct. Like I'm not the best. She will be able to write you and read you under the water. Yes. So it's just that again, anything you. when yes, we start adding letters to the math part, it's like hold on, hold on. I would. I felt so dumb though. Like it was more of me giving myself trauma because. I would be like, I had the worst algebra teacher. You went to one park and you had uh, Google. Yeah, I had it was there. Teacher. Was it Google? Probably was. No, the his name wasn't Google. No, actually, I'm sorry. I took seventh grade. We had regular general seventh grade maths, but we didn't have a teacher. We had stuff. I don't know why they took that class and put them in algebra one in eighth grade. I don't know what Drew Freeman was doing. So we got our algebra one credit in eighth grade. So when I got to ninth grade, I took geometry. Guess what happened? I failed. You never. I failed geometry. Bad. I had two years in math. I failed geometry, which puts me in geometry tenth grade, which is fine. Everybody right. in tenth grade yeah, geometry. Mm-hmm. And I had an amazing teacher at one part. Miss Slack. Yes, Miss Slack. Miss Slack. She was awesome. Yeah, that's, that's the only math class I've ever passed. Yeah, I, I felt I like passed. confident. Yes, I passed. <laughs> then I got for algebra two. I got an African teacher. I can't. Remember it really was Goomba. Dark skin. Yeah. African. Ma, so my mother's not here. Ma, I told you I wasn't lying. Goomba is the worst teacher ever. Like, the worst teacher ever. I was so glad that I beat my way out and didn't have to take a math class for grade. Bad, y'all. I'm like, 
X plus Y minus four. Like, like I don't language. know. Yeah. He, he didn't have great English. And he didn't know how to teach. Yeah, I'm and like, like, if he was a black parent, like, you did not get this? Okay, these are, I'm like, I don't want this animus. Like, what? So, yeah, I checked out. When I got to college, me and my professor became best friends because I was at every office I was because I was like, I don't know this. I don't know nothing. And I, I, I legit built my first math class in college at Norfolk State. Correct. Because it, you didn't learn anything. Failed it badly. So, so yeah. No, but again, my mom laughing now. Uh-huh. I told you. But again, we, I mean, they have, but today, they have so many things to help with that. So many apps, Khan Academy, so many apps to help with math. And even if I, as a parent, can't do it, like, it's so many software products. Right. And, and apps and stuff out here to, to assist your kids with, um, with different things. Now, so much handwriting, and it's crazy because it seems to me that schools are getting away from handwriting because they feel like everything is computerized. But I'm like, no, you, you should not have to go exactly. sign a contract with Chicken Scratch. Like, I just can't have that. So, like, yeah, it's. So, I'm like super excited because she came here prepared. She has like some insight that she wants to share with you guys. And I'm here for it, learning it for the first time because. Listen, y'all, this school mom stuff is not a joke. I'm not joking with y'all. Like, I real life had the most anxiety in my life this whole year. And I'm just, like, driving myself crazy. But I don't know how she does it all. I'm just going to give her props right now. Like, I follow her on Instagram. And it's I'm just, like, teacher to look at things she be teaching. She be, like, mentoring. And then she'll go home. And they'll have, like, Starbucks dates. So they'll be, like, at Noodles and Company. And then she'll go to Wegmans at, like, 10 o'clock at night. And then she'll go home and clean up and uh, organize her pantry. Like my house, I'm not any help with the organization. I, I, I can see the organization, and I just really don't know what to start child for the And it drives me nuts. I'm just like, how is she doing all this? Like candles that match every. She got a candle she for each room. Like I'm like, she don't need different scents and stuff. Like I be with the Febreze real quick. Like, <laughs> This is what we're going to get today. <laughs> Listen, to be honest with you, I have to buy new candles and wallflowers to go clean up. Once I buy that, I'm like, I'm so excited because I'm going to be able to go clean up and then I'm going to put this in a wall and then I'm going to leave out the house and walk in just to clean up it. Like, that's oh just how God. it is. But honestly, don't, I do not do it alone. Don't take this mop in the entire floor as we wish to get here. Don't know what I'm so the thing I wanted to share with you guys today is something that I actually just realized. Um, I had to take this really big test for education. Um, so it's talked about different theories and mm-hmm. different. That's the one. One of them is the one I shared with you, but it's another one that I was like, oh my gosh, because one of the biggest things that I struggled with was structure. Believe it or not, like I can organize the pantry, I can organize the room, but when it comes to like a structure, like mm-hmm. a, a consistent structure, like kids in bed by night. My kids, I'll be like, bruh, I should get in the bed. And they'd be like, okay, yep, in a minute. And then dinner, it doesn't help that dinner is a night owl. Dash, Dash usually goes to bed. He's always been the one who wakes up. Dinner did hunter. I don't, if I don't turn off everything, she will be up. And she probably still is up in the pitch black. But it's just, really getting a structure and maintaining it. So it was a study by 
This guy named Albert, and he said that children learn through a combination of conditioned responses. So that's how you build structure. Okay. So when I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this flows at home and in the classroom because the four things he named is everything that a teacher wants too. Okay. So put my teacher at home. So the four things were attention, which is um what you give an attention to the expected behaviors or the expected outcome that you okay, right? So attention in your classroom that looks two ways that looks like that you have to get out to get academic attention as well as behavior attention so the first thing with behavior attention is i'm straightforward with what the what the standards are what the rules are so attention like if i say hey we're not we don't do cell phones in here i'm gonna put my cell phone in the bucket and you're gonna put your cell phones in the bucket we're all gonna put our cell phones in okay. here okay. that is our rule you okay. get you get it like that's it no cell phones in the classroom. You know, that that's it. When we come in, we got six minutes to do our do now. I'm going to do something for six minutes. You're going to do something for six minutes. We're all in one accord. Okay. Okay. So giving that attention to the expected behavior that, you know, then they come in and they, they do that. So that that will go for academics as well. Like I said, if, if do now or warm up or something you're calling, if every day for six minutes, I know that I have, I'm doing a warm-up. I'm mm-hmm. going to do my same thing for that six minutes. You do the same thing for six minutes so that they get into the mindset of this is exactly what happened. Okay. That that honestly worked in the classroom because I know that because my instructional coach came in and she was telling me about, um, like, she, she, she sets out all of their assignments on one page. Mm-hmm. So when she, she, she was modeling for me, like, you know, showing me some different classroom strategies. And when I started doing it, I was like, I'm gonna try this. So every day I set it out exactly the same, the same format of how we're gonna, how our day is gonna flow, whether we're gonna do a do now, and if we're gonna do group work, it's always all already set out. So they can look and say, okay, cool. At least I know what I'm doing today. Okay. So that is giving attention directly to the lesson. Okay. Um, and at home, that's the same thing. I literally called a family meeting. That shows a very important okay. <laughs> literally called a family meeting and gave attention to our schedule, whatever the schedule has been for mm-hmm. the week, the things that we have to do. I gave attention to them. And so I literally made her chore chart. These are the things that you need to do. This is your Monday chore, your Tuesday, Wednesday. She wanted to negotiate, but <laughs> can I not do chores on Friday? Let me see what you do Monday to Thursday. Um, but just setting out the expected, giving attention to the expected behavior. We are in the bed by 9 o'clock. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. You're in the bed. I'm in the bed. Everybody's in the bed at this time. Whether I get up when they go to sleep is beyond them. Right. But to model that and give them that ex- exact attention, that get that starts that structure. They know exactly what's expected. Of them. Okay. So the second phase of that is so I gave attention to it. The second phase of that was retention, meaning being successful and transferring it. So like I said, I'm in a bed, you're in a bed. I can't expect you to do something if I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean you can, but I just think that structure works better when it's like, okay, we're all doing this. It's right. team, it's a team effort. So retention. Also, if I give you a chore chart. The first thing I'm going to do is walk through it with you. So if I say Monday night is the night you clean the bathroom, 
that first Monday, I'm going to do it with you. Okay. I'm going to show you, again, what is expected so that you can, be, you know, do the same thing. Okay. I'm going to do it with you so that, okay, so you know, okay, after Monday, I'm supposed to clean the toilet with this, I'm supposed to clean the cell with this, I'm supposed to wipe the sink down with this. I know exactly what I'm doing. I can't stay, oh, clean the bathroom, and you've never cleaned the bathroom a day in your life, and you're like, that makes sense. How do I do that? So as a mom, I'm going to walk through that with you, but then as a teacher, the same thing. If I'm saying, write an essay, mm-hmm. I'm not going to just tell you, oh, write an essay without giving you a model or saying, here's my essay. Right. This is what it looks like. This is what I'm expecting. Here's four paragraphs. You know, my first paragraph includes this walking through it with you so that you can understand exactly what you're doing. And that, mm-hmm. that, that gives you exactly what you need to go through the third stage, which is reproduction. So your ability to do it. So it goes from I showed you that, you know, told you exactly what it is. I showed you exactly what it is. Now you're going to do exactly what it is. That reproduction stage is when, okay, I picked the back of what you Monday. So next Monday, you, you did it. You know, you do it. And that takes you to the fourth stage, which is motivation. So I'm going to reward you. When you get an incentive, whether for a school, I don't know why kids love good, I guess, I guess they do love good phone calls. Right. right. Call my mother and tell her I was awesome today. Mm-hmm. Um, a piece of candy, a sticker, freaking a text to my mom. Like, those are really big. Especially, I don't know why my sixth graders love. Okay, call my mom and tell her I'm great today. And it's a really good incentive that really helps them focus. So knowing that they're going to get to that motivation mm-hmm. stage helps them understand. And, and kids need direct, or should I say, kids need that motivation quick. You can't be like, oh, okay, you did that, so um, in December, I'm going right. to take you to Disney World. I ain't doing nothing to sit on them them because kids need, they need direct, like, thank you. Yeah. Like, they need that direct praise because it's going to motivate them to do it again and do it again, and then that becomes that structure. So, like I said, as a teacher, I need that structure. I and mean, if you got that same structure at home, then our worlds mesh because they understand, okay, this is what happened right. at home, this is what happened at school, and then you have those two worlds that, that mesh together. So I have That's a question because on Hunter's report card, I didn't understand some of the things that they grade them on. Okay. Of course, it's, it's one, two, threes. Mm-hmm. Um, development, developing on, on, on target or mm-hmm. mastery or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was one... It was a couple of them, but this one kind of triggered me because it says um, asking, asking, I wish I could remember, asking, being able to ask basically for more instructions if needed in kindergarten. And so he keeps getting a two in that area and it keeps bugging me because I'm like, I don't understand how you're creating that. Does Hunter, is Hunter, they were. Does Hunter like to do things himself? Like, oh, versus, like, for like, sure. He'll try to do it himself before he acts. Even here. For help. He's like, yes. I know how to do it. And we're, right. You know, you need help. Yeah. So he's a more independent child. Mm-hmm. So that, again, that's just a reflection of, of who he is as mm-hmm. a person. But one way that you can help practice that at home is to have him ask for things first. Like, and I get it because then I'm going to struggle in that area because mm-hmm. she's the type of person, she has a burn on her legs and I'm like, should I take you to the hospital mm-hmm. because she wanted to help me cook? And 
when we were mixing the casserole, I had just took the the metal thing off the um okay. the, I had set it on the stove. It was metal. I set it on the stove, but the stove was still hot. So before asking me, she's like, Oh, I'm just gonna pull the chicken in and put it on her leg. I mean she lifted it, but she put it on her leg and I'm like that's why you have to wait for me. Right. Like you cannot just jump and do things without asking me for or getting that guidance. Like mm-hmm. she's that type. She's that type of kid. So, um, um, so like I said, she was struggling in that area too. But the only way that I can see, he's gonna either a learn that the hard way. Mm-hmm. She has to burn little say kitchen name on her. Oh my like, yeah, you burnt you burnt the letters. You have a tattoo. It's going away now, but she had like a tattoo of kitchen name on her <laughs> on her leg. That um, she's gonna, he's gonna have to, you know, touch fire to get burned, or or you can try to work on it at home by by saying, okay, Hunter, you know, just testing them and right. help me bring all the boxes in the house, mm-hmm. or or Hunter, help me do do something, and then as he's doing it, he's going to try to, you know, he's going to be testing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, wait, before you do that, you need to ask, okay. so that he can get in the habit of asking okay. for help. Okay. But a lot of kids don't. Yeah, I had kids who were writing whole essay. How you and I'm like, though? oh, you thought it was cool to write all this new special. I'm like, it's the hard way. You have to go back and rewrite it because right. you didn't include X, Y, Z. And they were like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh, but if you had the kids who would be like, hold on, let me write this program. Then you actually, is this yeah, good? Exactly. Okay. Let's go back. Or then it's kids who will sit there and be like, I need help. Some kids do, some kids don't. And that's just a matter of their personality. And like I said, kids who don't, ask for help when they need it they'll learn the hard way how to not let me let me not do that and like i said at home you can i felt like you can test that that that. us though she was like i don't know that stuff so you gotta ask the teacher while you're there to get to 
high school. Basically, she was saying, like, when he gets to high school and he graduates, right, that's what he talked about. And so, she was like, so
I can only imagine like what exactly her classroom management style mm-hmm. is. Um, so yeah, she has to work with classroom management and relationship building because that's what's most important as a teacher. Like, y'all, this has been the first episode that I have drank my whole glass of wine in one second mm-hmm. because she's drinking water. I'm like, you want water, baby, ready, smoothie. You know, but I'm drinking oh, different types of water because I'm just like, this is my area of anxiety. So, like, the wine will keep you in for it. So, um, I'm going to let her finish. Um, yeah, I think that we want to do a part two of this as well because I think that um, most importantly, if, as a parent, we have to remember that we are our kids' education educational advocate? You're your mm-hmm. first, your child's first educational advocate. Period, and that's in anything. You're your child's support system at the end of the day. So, like you, if it don't feel right, probably ain't right. And the only way to get it right is to have that open line of communication. If the teacher is not willing to have that open line of communication, that's their job. That's our job. So um, parent engagement is actually something that I get scored on. So like when parents are like, you to come in the classroom, you sure can. And can you give me a thing to me, you know, tell me what you thought of my lesson. I'm all, I am all in, or send me a text message tell me what you thought of my lesson, what, how did, what you thought went well, what you mm-hmm. thought was different. Like I'm here for that because I'm open for critiques. I'm open for, I mean, you can't tell me how to do that. You, oh, you should have taught them the ABCs or whatever. Don't mm-hmm. tell me. You can't tell me what to teach, but I do want to know what the feel is, right? What you feel like as a parent. So when parents ask me, can they come sit in my classroom? You sure can. Yes. Right. And your child's gonna act like a pure angel and, I, and they probably don't That's like this thing. Really I'm like, I don't want to go to the class because I know Hunter's gonna, he sees me and he's gonna be, act like he's not doing nothing. Right. So, but I want to get pictures of but, him doing handstands in the hallway, like you said. I yeah. want videos. Right. I want that type stuff. But he's gonna act like a pure angel, but it's, but that is not, he's gonna do that doesn't mean that. Uh, everybody else is going to do that. Right. Like, okay, it's not their parent. They right. ask who mom it is, and when they say it's Hunter's mom, they're going to, I'm like, Hunter, Hunter, your mom's here. <laughs> Whatever. They're going to keep their school hat attitudes on and keep going so it does give you an insight to the, management. the, man, the classroom management and not that as a parent before I became a teacher, I didn't know what classroom management was. I actually want to sit in a Montessori classroom because I'm like, how y'all got all these kids doing whatever they want to do? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. when, that, when I first became a Montessori parent, I had to do an observation. And I'm like, because I feel like everybody's going to be running wild. Like, how do you mm-hmm. keep with they legit move like little human beings? Like, they're working on something and then they'll move <laughs> and they'll go and they're putting materials away. But it's because the teacher takes the time to build that culture. Like, culture building important. Like, this child's coming in August and a part of me wants to move up to seventh grade because I want to stay with my kids because I built a culture with them. Mm-hmm. But if I stay in sixth grade while I'm on maternity, I'm going to be there once a week because building the culture and relationships with those students, I know that's my foundation. If I have a relationship with you, I'm not going to get through you. So, yeah, okay. So for me, I'm going to straight up tell them I won't be here and whoever my Teachers, we're going to be best friends. I still want to grade my students' work. Mm-hmm. I still want to know who they are. I still, so I, I said to myself that at least once a week, I'm going in, right? I'm going in for a day and I'm going to just sit and I'm not, she, she can still teach the lesson. She can still do all that, but observe, have conversations with my students so that they know who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not here right now because I've had a baby, but 
I am grading your work, right? I'm, I'm still going to be meeting with your parents. When, when it's parent-teacher conferences, she'll be there, but I'll be there too. Mm-hmm. Me and her will have an open line of communication. What she's having a problem with, when I come in, I'm like, what's going on? What's mm-hmm. up? So that they know who I am because, again, I deal with children. And just like her, let me tell you something. Children are like mice. Like, if a mouse is going to go, if I had a mouse out of here, it's going to go around the perimeter and shut on hope. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a loophole. So, especially the ones just coming in. So, be clear. When them kindergartens came in there, they were looking for the loophole. Mm-hmm. So, if if she's not solid foundation, yeah, and she's not like, I this is what people. it is, you know, this is what it is. This is the culture of the class. These are the things that we do. This is attention to this. Retention, reproduction, motivation. Mm-hmm. You get you get rewarded for these things. Then they're going to look for, oh, I know I can do this. Well, I can fly under the radar by... Kids look for loopholes, and if they're not any, then you're solid. Right. So that's their sixth grade, same thing. They're going to come in. They're going to get a feel of the environment. Like, ooh, now how can I push the water? Mm-hmm. That's just children. They're going to do that anywhere. So that that's just it. And you have to build that solid, that, that culture and classroom management is, and I can't express how important that right. is. And like I said, I felt like my first year, like I didn't have any, they again I didn't disrespect me, but I didn't have any boundaries because I got so close to them. Mm-hmm. Like like you still I still have to have that. Like now with my sixth graders, we have that boundary. Like I used to we used to all sit at my dad's, like we used to all like very, very close or I would be literally in the center of the circle working with them. Mm-hmm. Like and with the sixth graders I kind of release a little bit more. With this being not, this is not my first year anymore. Also like this is my space, this is your space. You know, and I, and I still sit at tables and work with students and stuff like that, but just creating those those boundaries, I feel like me and my sixth grader have a better balance than me and my ninth graders. I feel like we were more like family. Like right. Too, almost right. too much. <laughs> you know, like perfect balance. Yeah, perfect balance. So, yeah, building that culture, she has to do that. That's her job. To build those relationships and culture. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's kids that come to Sasha. They don't all, they be crying. Uh, she okay. knows how to build them. We'll definitely be those kids this year for Tasha. But this has been great. Like I said, we're going to do a part two. Um, I'm going to have to. Um, sorry, y'all. I be doing all these different things at once. I'm telling you. And my job, I had to explain my job, which I have to work on a project today because I might have to use my husband's brain because uh, my job literally puts me on all these millennial projects mm-hmm. and I'm not technical. I'm not technical savvy. So I be trying to explain to them like, yes, I'm the youngest on the team. However, I'm not the computer person. Like, I don't know how to do this stuff. So Josh literally going to help me do my work, which is why my work piece right there because I'm like, listen, no, that's just not me. So um, I have to do that at the same time. But I really want to get her back for a part two because um, she had a lot of insight um, that she wanted to share with us. And I, this is the biggest thing for me. Like, my mom will tell you, like, I've never had um, educational issues um, except for seventh grade year when I was transitioning. Um, and then of course college, but college was like more of a party thing. Like it wasn't necessarily me not applying myself, but it's the biggest thing for my kids and my husband's like big on education. Um, and 
it's just causing me anxiety because I'm just like, you know, I want my kids to succeed in this generation. And it's just a lot. I know. That's why I said they will as long as you first of all, you're you're half the battle. I had <laughs> I had parents who are not involved and some some kids that come to natural, some don't. Mm-hmm. But I have kids who are legit and parents who are not involved and Somebody might be like, mm, I'm just like, okay. child is not going to be left behind. And so, um, that'll, oh, shit. Okay. Um, so that'll be uh, the end of this episode. But I just want to thank for coming because it's been a great conversation. Um, and also, uh, Check out the uh, Momish Takes and the Momish Teas online at the Momish Podcast website. And um, the next episode is kind of sentimental to me. Um, as you know, my husband and I lost a friend most recently, a very close friend. Um, he had a one-year-old daughter. Um, and so it's been really hard on us. Um, it's been hard on us because he was a very close friend. And um, also... I don't know why this is in charge Um, He was a very close friend to us. And so I just want to emphasize on that because this year I feel like from celebrity status, from the Nipsey Hussle situation to uh, more locally, um, the young lady who lost her life in the Surratt's Road accident went to Glen Park with us, um, graduated with my husband. Um, I didn't know her personally, but she had two young kids and the husband made a comment that stuck with me. The hardest thing he has to do is tell his kids that their mm-hmm. mom doesn't come home. Mm-hmm. Um, with our friend, the one, his one-year-old daughter. Sorry, y'all. I got disconnected. Um, but... Um, what I was trying to say was, I just, um, he's like, hold oh, on, who's Malcolm one? Oh, he? Yeah, he it is. Oh, he, it is. Okay. He, he has pancakes and bacon. Yeah, he had a cheesecake record. He had double brunch. Hey. I got them connected. And chicken spiders and um, grilled cheese. Yeah, go get them. No, the grilled spiders is mine. I mean, the chicken spider is mine. All right. Mom ish, y'all. Sorry. No, this is, this, you know, this is really like, like mom ish. Right? Like, what is Dash going to eat? Dash just ate. We just went to Cheesecake Factory. He ate all his pancakes. And bacon. That boy loves bacon. And he's some dash king of his name. He starved. But he can have money involved. So that was like really to play for me. So um, what I want to talk about was um, our friend had a one-year-old daughter. And so his, you know, child's mother has explained to the to her about, you know, the memory of her father. And it hurt us, right? Dad, I lost my dad too, so um, it's a boy. That's really hard, and and 
just us going through um, the pain and the sadness here, um, Dawn and I, I just wanted to talk about how to deal with grief um, because we felt like the day that happened, I was on the work call and it was just really, really terrible news. And the rest of the day, we could not get ourselves together. And it was just like, parents don't get time off. You know, we're parents 24-7. We didn't have that time to, like, break down. We didn't, it broke down, but I had to keep going to different rooms of the house right. because, like, I, I couldn't get myself together. And John, you know, he was, you know, internalizing things and I just had to tell Hunter, like, you know, daddy's not feeling well or, you know, because Hunter is so attached to him and Hunter just wants his attention all the time. So I just really wanted to talk about um, the balance of with grief as a parent because you just don't, you don't know, you don't get time. And then, two, like, how to explain to a child that, that someone that they love, it may not be a parent, it could be a grandparent, a sister, a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are being unfortunately, taking off this earth way too soon now. So people are losing brothers and sisters and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So um, I want to get a panel together because um, I haven't had to do that, thankfully, with my kids. Um, but I know that um, when we were, when we lost uh, family members, me and my sisters were a little older. Mm-hmm. And so my mom didn't really have to explain things because we knew what death was but I feel like my sister may have because my nieces were younger and my nephew was definitely like two or three um and so it's just like a touchy situation and I really want to bring that to the platform because I watched the Nipsey House funeral and I was just like dang man like that's sad so um that's episode coming up um and I want to get a panel together and if you're interested that would be awesome to talk about your experience as being in the child in this situation. Um, I don't remember it happening. She won't remember it happening. Right. She won't. She may not remember her dad. Mm-hmm. Like what her relationship right. with him is. She'll hear about it. Well, for my experience, I heard. I hear how he was. Yeah. You know, was with me. How you know? know. I hear his story. Um, but it, it affects her. And she gets uh, as I got older. Mm-hmm. And like, my own kids, I think like the first when I had denim and people were like, oh, when I first had my child, it was just love and first like, no, the first, and I think this is a contribution of me being a dad and his daughter was, the first thing was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Why did I bring this child to her? What if something happened to me? What if something happened to her father? She was like, grow up without a child, without like, you know, without a parent. Yeah. So I'm very very like I always like I said I think I posted a status like a couple of weeks ago because dad's just so close to his father and as again as a dad and his daughter like, that brings almost a fear over me like what is, if something happens to him like what like the same difference I felt that with Lauren when she was staying her child is two and I'm like mm-hmm. I get that like I felt that that hit home for me because I was two and, mm-hmm. and the older I get the more you want it's just a void that, that or like a hole that was never filled and, and never can be you always wonder and for me I was his only child she is the only child yes I was his only child so you don't get to share that grief with the stigma or be able to look at a stigma and say oh that has to be how my dad was because both of us right. on you don't have that that um that sibling to just, you know, like reminisce or with you have family members and of course you can look at them and maybe say those things, but it would never be the fact because it's not that same thing. Right. Feeling so um 
so yeah, just uh, like I said, I, I pray when I was able to the mailbox, like, Lord, please just let me get hit that car. And then I, like, <laughs> yeah, another section, I guess, or addition to my anxiety, like, because it's just very, like, it's been on social media, period, you know, like, I feel like every week is somebody, and I may not know that person directly, but it'd be friends of a friend, and I'm just like, crap, man, and if they have kids, it really hits me, and so, like, I just, I'm like, I don't want to live in fear, and I don't want to keep living in anxiety, but I just wanted to talk about that, that I just, like, I've had a child who lost his father, um, and again, his mom was just very nonchalant to it like mm-hmm. she just kind of wanted it to go away and i don't i don't know how that felt as a mother because I, I don't deal with that mm-hmm. as a mom but like she just was like oh he'll be all right he'll be good and i'm like no he needs some type of counseling mm-hmm. like he was 12 he was close to his dad mm-hmm. and it's up for her to realize she said she walked in his room and, and he was just checked out of school like he's the He's an A student, mm-hmm. but he can't focus because he's doing so much things, and you'll just see him like face off and like um he needed him and like we had we he would have meetings with like the counselors and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just think that he needs some type of therapy with a therapist that he can connect to because right. I don't feel like he's very connected to the mm-hmm. counselors at school or anything like that. But it's for his mom to see that he was counting the days that his dad had been gone. She was like. She found the calendar in his room and it was like 48 days without you, 51 days without you. Like, so she started, she said, that's when I saw that it's just not going to go away. And it's not, it's a whole part. And to see how boys, like you said, like Hunter loves John and like how Dash, like to have to, I really do pray for those who have to go back and break that. Lord, they have to break that news. I could probably be able to say It's like, I would be like, Listen, <laughs> me both. Like I feel like I'll be checked out. So yeah, that's a Um, that I want to talk about um because it's been crazy. It's been crazy around here and dealing with it that way. How people deal with it. So very healing actually for the world. Yeah, and um, that's just what I want to do. But this week, just keep us in our prayer and your prayers because this is like going to be a tough week for us. Um, as we lay our friends to rest this weekend, and we also have to go to a wedding the same day. Um, so it'll be a lot. Um, so I was literally meal prep because I'm like, this week I'm not gonna do it. I don't do it because I don't like leftovers, and my kids don't like leftovers. And even if it's not the same thing, like some things I just don't like reheat it, I want to eat it fresh after I cook it. So I'm not good at it, but I've cooked meals for today for the week because I'm like when I come on board this week this week it's just gonna be like well that's one thing that Keele does all the time she always got dinner ready and I'd be like she'd be like no I'm a bad mom because they eat Wendy's and I'd be like so am I so horrible mother because they have to eat Chick-fil-A and Wendy's and something else and she said exactly this week I cooked twice and it probably once was probably something that I shouldn't have said. Like she be she was here one Monday, she had like, oh, um, greens, macaroni and cheese. I said Monday. That is a half in the house all day Sunday meal. Like who is making this Monday? So shout out to her because clearly how about that that needs to be a mom's pocket? How do you cook? Oh, listen. Like what do you do? I need to know the routine. Like I take I need you to say I take this out at 7 a.m. and then I do this. 
Like, I have to remember that. I'd be at work, like, I ain't taking nothing out for dinner. Check the dog, say, what's for dinner? And it is not thinking better that he's vegan. So, he, that's, he's vegan. Okay? And I'd be like, listen, you are baking chicken tonight. Because that's what we want. So, and he'll bake it. He'll, he'll still make stuff. Right now, he's obsessed with the air fryer. And I told him to get my noodles. No, I told him everything don't go in the air fryer. Ask for grilled cheese sandwich. Why would you put that in the air fryer? No. It was the worst grilled cheese sandwich I've in my life. He was like, I'm just trying to see. Like, no, everything does not go in the air fryer. He is obsessed with that air fryer. Listen, I'm like, I don't even know how to do it sometimes. Because like, I'd be really like, oh my gosh, she, what? Where do you even come up with the meals? And I'm like, what can I cook? I'm tired of making the same thing. I'm tired of spaghetti and pancakes a week. No, then it just means I'm gonna be in a grocery store. Like, hold on, what's that ingredient? Okay, Pinterest and the Facebook videos always get me. The I'm I'm about to try that stuff, honey glazed salmon. But but see, we get a cooking mom. That's the thing we got. Do you understand? to go because hey, because listen, you take your kids out, and I'm like, she just and not be mad. Do you understand? Well, my so I have it. I have this app called Mint, and it tells me like how much you spend. When I see how much I spend on food, and it's not groceries, I'm going to throw my phone. What's your mindset? Like I can't even. I'm like I don't want to take them home over here. Public life. Yeah. Uh, John, uh, John will be like, uh, cut the shows. My wife's phone. Yeah. 
McDonald's Thank you. 